This weekend, as we continue our, our series called Being in Christ, this series that comes out of the book of 1 Thessalonians, I want to talk with you about powerful praying. And we all pray, but I want to talk with you about praying powerfully. Because I know that so many of you are facing some really tough issues in your lives. Some tough issues, big issues, in some ways, long-term issues. And I want you to know that prayer is that conversation that you can have with your all-powerful Heavenly Father that can unleash into your situations His solutions. And that means, at times, even miraculous solutions from his hands. Amen? Our all-powerful God does that kind of thing. There will be times in life when nothing else but a miracle will do. There are issues that come where your best efforts just aren't enough. When there's nothing that you can do to fix your situation. The only thing that will work is a miracle from the hand of Almighty God. So when do you need a miracle? Well, you need a miracle when your son or your daughter or your spouse is addicted to drugs. Or you need a miracle when your boss comes in and says, I'm sorry, I've got to let you go. Or when the bills are past due and there's nothing left in the bank. Or when your marriage is struggling and your spouse doesn't care. Or when the doctor comes in and says, I'm sorry, there's nothing else we can do. The fact is, at some point in your life, you will find yourself in need of a miracle from the hand of God. And some of you are right there, right now. You have a situation. You need a solution from the hand of God. Now, when you read about the miracles in the Bible, you find that some very ordinary people experienced miracles in their lives. God reached down and did a miracle in their life. And when you see that, you begin to think and ask, why doesn't God work that way in my life? And the answer is he wants to. (laughs) He wants to work that way in your life. But sometimes because of the way that we are living or the way that we are praying, it doesn't allow God to work that way in our lives. Today, I want to share with you a couple of powerful prayers in Scripture. The first one is from our, our key book that we're studying, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, or chapter 3, beginning with verse 11. It says this, Now may our God and Father himself, Paul the Apostle is praying, and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your heart so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. I read that prayer. I say, man, Paul, (laughs) that's a powerful prayer. And if you just read through it fast like we just did, it may not seem all that powerful to you. But if you really think and meditate on those words, that's a powerful prayer. That's a whole lot different than our dinnertime prayers. Amen? A whole lot different than just sitting around the table and saying, God bless our food. That is a prayer that's asking God to do the things that God already wants to do in those people's lives there in the church in Thessalonica. He's saying, Lord, clear the way for us to go and do more ministry. God, help us to get beyond ourselves. 
Lord, increase our love for each other and everybody else beyond ourselves. Lord, strengthen our hearts so that we can live holy and be ready for the coming of Jesus. That's a powerful prayer. So Paul is powerfully praying for those believers in Thessalonica. But then I went over to the book of Luke in in Luke chapter 18, and there's another man who had a great need. He found himself in a situation, and he needed a solution from the hand of God. In Luke chapter 18, there's a story about a blind man. And from his prayer, you can find five principles of how to bring God's solution into your situation. Take a look at his story. It goes like this. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening, and they told him Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked the blind man and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. There are five principles in this story and this man's life that teaches how to powerfully pray. First of all, write this down in your, your notes outline. When you pray, be passionate. Be passionate with God about your need. In other words, put your heart into your prayer. Pray truthfully and honestly. Put your heart into it. God can take it. You know, when you take your kids or your grandkids to a store and you say, hey, hey, kids, give, give me some ideas about what you want for your birthday. Well, what they do is they begin to walk through the aisle and they go, I want this, I want that. Especially when I take my grandgirls to a, a store, you know, like a toy store, and it's all purple and pink. I, they want it all, you know. This is where, where, where girls are. They just want all the purple pink stuff. I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. Well, as a, as a parent or a grandparent, Suddenly, you hear a change in their voice. When they come to something they really want, they go, whoa, I really want that. And as a grandparent or a parent, you you hear that intensity, that passion in your voice. Then you know what they really want. Folks, God listens to the passion. Not so much in your voice. You don't have to shout at God, but it's not so much that, but the passion of your heart. He listens and he can see the passion of your heart. So I'm not, I'm not talking about volume, but I'm talking about passion. Some things that you say you need, often you really don't need. Sometimes when you pray, you don't even need those things badly enough to pray for them more than once. So God is listening for the passion in your heart. And this blind man prayed with passion about his need. The Bible says this blind man was sitting by the roadside. He heard the crowd going by. He asked what was happening. He said, Jesus is going by. And what did he do? The Bible says he called out, Jesus, son of David. He knew who he was. He knew who he was praying to. Have mercy on me. And so this blind man is, is passionate. He shouts out to the only one who can give him what he needs. Now, far too often, we fall into the trap of autopilot praying. We pray, but our heart's not in it. 
We just kind of go through what maybe Jesus would call vain repetitions. We're just repeating things, but it's really in vain. It's really not going to make a difference. Bless the gift and the giver, Lord. Bless this food to the nourishment of our bodies. Help us to have a great day. God bless America. <laughs> we, we learn all those phrases, and they're not wrong phrases to pray. But sometimes we just kind of repeat those things, and the longer that we're Christians, it's easier to fall into that trap of autopilot praying. Because we've learned all the phrases. But God wants to know, like a parent, what is it that you really need? He wants you to ask him for what you really need with the passion of the blind man. God says this, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And you look at the story of the blind man, you could almost say, Jesus is saying, and I will stop for you, and I will listen to you when you seek me with all of your heart. Half-hearted praying doesn't cut it with God. And so the question is, how long has it been that you've sought God with all of your heart about your situation? Listen close. It's better to have a heart without words, passion without words, than words without heart. Sometimes the most powerful prayer you can simply pray is a heartfelt, passionate prayer of God, help me. Help. Just help me. It's not very long. It's not profound. But it's, it's passionate. And maybe some of you just need to say, God, have mercy on me. That's a passionate prayer. So when you pray, be passionate. I'm crying because I'm thinking about some of your situations. I know what some of you are going through. Be passionate. Let God know from the depth of your heart that you want him to touch you. Amen? Be passionate. And then when you pray, be persistent. Don't stop until God answers. The Bible says those who led the way, everybody else was rebuking him, told him to be quiet. But what did he do? He shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Nobody could stop him from calling out to Jesus. This guy is way persistent. <laughs> no way is he quitting. No way is he giving up. Do you persist in praying for your needs, for your situation, or do you just pray a couple times and give up? Do you just quit? Listen, you need to know that the Bible says this. If God loved you enough to give you Jesus, his son to die for you, he loves you enough to care for your other needs. Doesn't matter what that need is. It's another need. Amen? <laughs> and he's willing to care for you because he loves you. The Bible says this. If you being an imperfect father know how to give good gifts, certainly your heavenly father who's perfect knows how to give a good gift to you. He's a gift giver. The Bible says, don't be weary in prayer. Keep at it. That means persist. Watch for God's answer. We do need to understand that God maybe has a different timing than ours at times. That maybe through the situation, God wants us to learn some things and grow stronger in some things. But God will answer if we don't give up. God loves you. He wants to meet your need. God will answer you. So don't stop praying. Persist. Jesus said it like this in the Sermon on the Mount. Keep on asking. Keep on knocking. 
Keep on seeking. Jesus, our Savior, that's what he tells us. Now, if you come to my house and you knock on the door, but I don't answer instantly, are you going to knock again? <laughs> are you going to knock again? Most likely, you'll knock until Larry comes to the door. You don't just knock once. You knock until the answer comes. Jesus says, keep on asking. Keep on knocking. Keep on seeking. When you pray, be persistent. Third, when you pray, not only be positive, not only persistent, but precise. Be precise in what you're asking God to do. That means be specific. That means tell God exactly what you need. Now, the blind man knew exactly what he needed. His request of Jesus was precise. Look at this. The scripture says again, Jesus stopped, ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, I want to see. His situation, he was blind from birth. Lord, I want to see. Precise. Jesus is asking you the same thing today. What do you want me God, to do for you. If Jesus asked you that today, what would you say? What would you ask him for? We all have a lot of different needs. Precisely, what would you say? The Bible says this, the reason you don't have what you want is because you don't ask God for it. What precisely do you need the Father to do for you? Are you asking God for a financial miracle, a relationship miracle, a physical miracle? I mean, what is your situation? What do you want the Father to do for you? When you pray, be precise. Lord, I want to see. Lord, I want to be whole. I want to be healed. Whatever it might be, be precise. In your asking. You know, this year, as we approach Easter, I'm going to ask this church to set aside a day, Monday, March 30th, as a day of prayer and fasting, where we together as a church will pray a precise prayer. On Monday, May 30th, mailers inviting people to Easter Sunday will land in the mailboxes of 18,500 people up around Pastor David's community where he's planting Valley Friends Church. And around 18,000 mailers were landing people's mailboxes on that, that day, Monday, March 30th, right around our church, about a two-mile radius right around us. And we're going to, on that day, join together when those mailers hit those mailboxes. And I'm going to ask us to take a day to pray and fast and precisely ask... God, to put it on the hearts of those who are ripe and ready for harvest, ripe and ready for a relationship with him, to respond to our invitations and come to our churches and respond to what I'm going to be preaching about on that Easter Sunday, to the radical love of Jesus by placing their faith in him to forgive them and save them. And so together, let's begin to think about how to pray precisely as those mailers hit thousands upon thousands of mailboxes, impacting multiple thousands of lives. Let's ask God to use this Easter in both locations 
to bring spiritual healing to people's lives. So write this down on your, on your line somewhere. Monday, March 30th. And go whole day on your calendar. Monday, March 30th. And let's join together in praying and fasting and telling God precisely what we want him to do. To bring in a harvest of soul that are right and ready for heart, both in Christ and in our cities. Amen? Let's ask God precisely. Let's pray. Be pre- and then next, when you pray, be positive. And that word positive, what I'm getting at. Expect God to answer. That's called faith. Have faith that God will hear you and that God will answer you. <coughs> Jesus said to the blind man, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. So expect God to answer. Trust him to answer. But listen, if you don't expect him to answer, don't pray. I mean, can you imagine the blind man going up to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I've been blind. This is a serious deal. I've never seen. I'm, I'm really not sure that you can heal me. But if you want to give it a shot, go ahead. <laughs> if you want to give it a shot, go ahead. No. He believed <clears throat> that Jesus was the one who could heal him. Anybody had a tickle in your throat and a cough these last few weeks? Amen. The truth is this, a little faith in a big God gets big answers. But it's not the size of your faith that matters, it's the size of your God. Scripture teaches even a little faith in a big God gets big answers. A dad came to Jesus one day and he says, my son needs to be healed. The dad was way passionate. He was way precise. And Jesus says, do you believe I can heal him? And the dad was real honest. He says, I want to believe, but help even my unbelief. He had a little faith, but he had some unbelief too. And he's just honest. He said, God, but help my unbelief. You know what Jesus said? He said, that's good enough. And what did Jesus do? He healed him. He healed him. Jesus says, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you will receive, and it will be yours. Amen? It will be yours. So look at the words ask and the word believe. Those are the two conditions. You must first ask and then you must believe. And so how can you be more positive in prayer? How can you express more faith when you pray? The secret to being more positive in prayer is to get into the word of God. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing what? The word of God. And so you got to get more word in your heart. And so if you want more faith in your heart, you got to get more God's word in your heart. And so you need to learn what God has promised to do for you. Folks, there are 7,000 promises in the Bible. And so as you read them, underline them, memorize them, claim them. And when you pray, pray them. And so when you pray, you can actually pray, God, I need you to do this in my life. God, I'm asking you to meet my need according to your promise. I'm trusting you. So folks, go through the word of God and just learn the promises of God and use them as you pray. Paul says this, my God shall supply all your needs in Christ Jesus. All of your needs. So ask God for what you're needing through prayer. So when you pray, be positive. And then next and last, be a praise giver. 
I mean, when, when you see God answer your prayer, take time to give praise to him. Take a look at what this guy did. The Bible says immediately he received his sight. He followed Jesus, <clears throat> praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. Now, notice the two things that the blind man did after he received his miracle. He followed Jesus, and he praised God. We're to do the same. And yet far too often, God answers a prayer, and we just run off. <laughs> we don't thank him, don't praise him. Ten lepers came to Jesus asking to be healed. <coughs> he healed all ten, and then they all left. They all left. And the Bible tells us that only one of them came back to praise him. Amen? Amen. And I think that's too typical. What has God done for you that you've not yet praised him for? What has he done? The Bible says, in all your prayers, ask God for what you need, always asking him with a thankful heart. Give praise to God before and after your miracle. Let's pray. Would you pray this prayer with me as I pray it? Help me, Father, to be passionate, to be persistent, to be precise and positive as I pray for the miracle that I need. And help me to always be a praise giver as I pray, as I receive your answers to my prayers. Lord, help us because you so deeply love us and want to meet us and hear us and heal us. You want to meet us in our situation and help us. Help us to live in such a, a way and pray in such a way that you can unleash your power into our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.